0: guys um oh shit <laughs> i didn't even realize uh, yeah we've been recording for about a minute it's all good We're so fine. i'm sorry but i'm not as sorry as erica what it is <laughs> what's up you're getting uh back-to-back serial killers here <laughs> but mine's like not quite as dark. sorry i don't believe there's any mutilation but like still trigger warning because it is a serial killer and there is like Mur- Murder. 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 <gasps> Judas. <laughs> Sorry, I had to lighten the mood a little bit before yeah, we... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> All right. So today, we're talking about my most feared serial killer. Um, I think I said it before, but I'll explain again uh, later why this person is so fucking terrifying to me. Um, As a warning, this episode will mention rape pretty frequently uh i am gonna tell this one a little differently than i've ever heard it so hopefully it doesn't suck Mm. here we go on march 3rd 1996 in colville washington 12 year old julie harris vanished while walking to church julie was a double amputee and was highly involved in the special olympics skiing um, but was told by her mom that she couldn't participate if she didn't get her grades up So uh, Julie's mom and brother actually left on March 2nd for a Special Olympics ski trip. And Julie was not allowed to go because her grades were not high enough. So the next morning, um, she went about her normal Sunday pre-church routine and waited for the neighbors up the road to pick her up to take her to church. Um, No one ever saw little Julie alive again. That was it. Um, Six months later, Julie's body was found in a wooded area um on june 27th 1996 so about three months later also in colville a trailer had been burned to the ground inside um authorities found the remains of marlene emerson um her daughter 12 year old cassie was nowhere to be found so mom is dead and i don't think i don't think mom was that old i think she was only like in her 30s she wasn't that old i don't remember i'm sorry a month later, badly the badly decomposed remains of Cassie were found in a heavily wooded area. No other evidence was found. Skip forward almost a decade to and move to um, Boca Raton Boca Raton, Florida. Beautiful. Boca Raton, sorry, Florida. We're in Florida. Mm. March 23rd, 2007, 52-year-old Randy Gorenberg was shopping at the Town Center Mall. And she was abducted in her own SUV from the mall's parking lot. Thirty minutes later, her body was found five miles from the mall. And her body her body was found five miles from the mall and her body was found five minutes later (laughs) (laughs) by you. Was she separated? No. Okay. Um one of them is definitely supposed to be her SUV. I don't know which. So I think her body was found five miles from the mall and her car was found five minutes later at a nearby Home Depot. Or it could be the other way. I'm so sorry. Anyways, she was dumped from her SUV and then her SUV was left abandoned. Right. So in August, another woman and her toddler were abducted from a shopping mall. Uh, These victims actually survived. They were just, like, driven around and taken to an ATM and forced to, like, give him a bunch of money, give the attacker a bunch of money. Um, But the next mother and child victims would not survive. On December 12th, 2007, Nancy, uh, I meant to Google this, Bocchio. fuck me, I'm so sorry, it's super Italian and I can't pronounce it. Chichio Bo bo-chiccio, bo-chiccio, bochiccio that sounds Bo. beautiful to me i'm so sorry nancy and her seven-year-old daughter joey were out christmas shopping um they were seen on security Ooh, some asmr uh, they were seen on security cameras walking out of the building but were never seen alive again Around midnight, the security guard for the mall noticed a black Chrysler SUV with the engine running. Um, the security guard called the police and the police discovered the bodies of 47-year-old Nancy and 7-year-old Joey in their vehicle. They had been bound and shot. On April 8, 2009, 49-year-old Deborah Feldman of Hackensack, New Jersey, disappeared. Her or her body has never been recovered. Now we're moving on to the big ones. First, on June 9th, 2011, um, Bill and Lorraine Courier were attacked in their own home in Essex, Vermont. The attacker cut the phone line and broke into the house through the attached garage. He went to the courier's bedroom and they awoke to see a man dressed in all black with a headlamp on and carrying a gun. The attacker tied the couriers up with zip ties and began interrogating them about whether they had a safe where their ATM cards were, and if they had a gun. He took the handgun that Lorraine used for protection and their cell phones. They were then forced into their own vehicle and driven to an abandoned home, which the attacker had scouted out previously. Bill was tied to a stool in the basement, and Lorraine was left in the car. Um, She did escape the car and began running down the road trying to get help, but the attacker caught up with her tackled her and dragged her to a bedroom in the abandoned home and he tied her arms and legs to the bed (sighs) um so the attacker went downstairs to find that bill had partially removed his bindings and so now he's pissed off um the attacker quote lost control and beat bill with a shovel multiple times before shooting and killing him So, uh, here comes the trigger warning for rape. Um, The attacker returned to Lorraine, cut off her clothes, and raped her twice. Um, He also strangled her to the point where she lost consciousness. Um, She was then brought to the basement and forced to look at her husband's bloodied body. I would cry. I would be a mess. There's no way. Um, She was sat down on a bench and strangled with a rope until she died. The attacker then doused the bodies with Drano, put them in a corner in the basement, and covered them with debris. Bill and Lorraine's bodies were never found. So moving from one horrific tale to another, on February 1st, 2012, Anchorage, Alaska, um, 18-year-old Samantha Koenig was about to leave after working her shift at Common Ground's coffee stand. Um, she was approached by a man wearing a ski mask, but we are in Alaska in February, so I'm assuming that's probably not out of the ordinary. After receiving the coffee he had ordered, the man forced himself inside the coffee stand and zip-tied Samantha's hands. Um, he asked her where her car was, and she told him that she didn't have one. So they began walking down the road. Samantha broke away from her her att- attacker slash abductor, but he... Uh, Quickly caught up to her and tackled her, much like Lorraine, courier. He put one arm around her and held the gun to her with his other hand. Um, He told her that she shouldn't do anything to make him kill her because he had a, he had very quiet ammo. Um, They crossed parking lots and walked for a while and got in a white pickup truck that had its license plates removed. So uh, forethought um samantha was bound inside the truck and driven around town her abductor told her that this was a ransom kidnapping to which she said that her family doesn't have that much money Mm -hmm. but uh he convinced her that if she cooperated with him she would be safely returned to her family so uh here we go this gets pretty fucked up okay so uh the man realized that samantha didn't have her cell phone And, uh, that was part of her, his plan to contact her family for, to demand ransom. Oh, right. So the man, um, turned around and returned to the fucking coffee stand to retrieve her cell phone. Yeah. Okay. Um, he sent two text messages from her phone. One was to Samantha's, uh, boyfriend and the other was to her boss at the coffee stand. Um, it basically said that Samantha had had a bad day and she was leaving town for the weekend. Um, So he then removed the battery from Samantha's phone, which prevented it from being tracked. So when he asked about her debit card, uh, Samantha told her, told him that she shared a bank account with her boyfriend and that the debit card was kept in the truck that they shared. So they shared a bank account and a truck. Mm -hmm. So Samantha gave this man her address and, and her pin for the debit card. So the man took Samantha to his house and locked her up in his shed he bound her and turned the radio up so loud that no one could hear her screams. Um, he then left to retrieve her debit card. Uh, when he got to her house where her truck and her debit card were, um, he was confronted by Samantha's boyfriend who yelled at him and then turned around to went to, to go and like get help. And uh, he, he escaped while the boyfriend was turned around. Mm -hmm. So he, he went and tested the pin that Samantha gave him, and it worked, so he returned to his shed, where Samantha was. Uh, trigger warning. Samantha was then sexually assaulted and murdered by asphyxiation. The man left her in his shed, and, uh, two weeks later, he returned to Samantha's dead body and made it, quote, look alive. Basically, um... All right. You remember when I said there's no mutilation? I lied. <gasps> um, he, he sewed her eyes open. Stop. And put makeup on her and tied her up. He then um, held up a newspaper and made it look like she was holding it. Dated uh, February 13th. Okay, Jeepers Creepers. And he took a Polaroid, photocopied the picture. And used a typewriter to create a ransom demand of $30,000 to be transferred into Samantha's bank account, of which he had the connected debit card. So, he then posted the ransom note with this picture of actually dead Samantha. And he posted it in in Connor's Bog Park under a memorial flyer for a dog named Albert. (gasps) Stop. Stop. I did not do that on purpose. I didn't know that you were doing Albert Fish until you got here. Wow. Anyways. So he posted this memorial flyer under Albert. Um, he texted Samantha's boyfriend the location of the ransom note, and um, the ransom note was then recovered by police. So keep in mind that Samantha is already dead. Right. And she has been dead for two weeks at this point. Uh-huh. And he is requesting ransom. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyways, so the next couple days consisted of Samantha's abductor-turned-murderer dismembering her body. He drove out to Matanuska Lake. Matanuska Lake. Sure. And he cut a hole in the ice, because fucking Alaska in February. Mm. Yep. And disposed of her body in the lake. Uh, Meanwhile... Samantha's family is busy raising this ransom money because they believe that their daughter is still fucking alive. Right. That's um. They deposited. Also, um. If you don't want to see the picture of of Samantha, don't Google this case because it is available and it is disturbing. I didn't didn't realize that I was gonna see it, and then when I saw the like. When I realized what the picture was, I was like, oh, all right. It's very disturbing. So just, um, just beware. So there, her family is trying to get the ransom money and um, they deposited the correct amount into the bank account in the hopes of being able to track the perpetrator using the debit card. Luckily, this guy is a fucking dumbass and withdrew so much money. Mm-hmm. So withdrawals were made in Anchorage, Arizona. New Mexico and Texas through ATM camera footage because, duh, those exist. Mm -hmm. Also, Jesus, could you be stupider? Is stupider even a word? Because I've said it twice now. I don't think it really is, but who knows? You know what? This guy couldn't be stupider just like me. So it's fine. All right. Whatever. Anyways, ATM camera footage. Uh, revealed uh, that he the the perpetrator was driving a white Ford Focus. The fucking FBI got involved because this one spanned multiple states: um, Alaska, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, all of the states that I listed before: Florida, Vermont, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. This boy is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't know that yet, right? So the Texas Rangers were also involved. Um so on March 13th, 2012, Texas 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 Highway Patrol Corp I put Corpora, but Corporal Brian Henry. Jesus, that's that's the longest title. Texas Highway Patrol Corporal Brian Henry <laughs> pulled over a white Ford Focus that matched the description. <laughs> what? Esteban Julio Ricardo. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking God, you're not wrong. God, stupid. Okay. So he pulled over this white Ford Focus that matched matched the description of Samantha's suspected kidnapper. Uh, When the vehicle was searched, they found, weird, Samantha's um, cell phone and fucking bank card. Weird. Duh. So um, who was the person driving the white Ford Focus and carrying Samantha's phone and debit card? Well, Samantha's. Samantha. Samantha's. Samantha's. <laughs> Sorry, Samantha. Samantha's murderer and the perpetrator of all of the crimes that I listed above, and then some, was a man named Israel Keys. Israel Keys. So let's talk about this fucker. All right. Israel Keys was born on January 7th, 1978. So weird. He's a fucking Capricorn. His mom, yeah, we <laughs> fucking Capricorns. I'm married to a Capricorn, so pray for me. What? Literally, like half the guys in our friend group are Cap Cap Capricorns, Calf Caf Capricorns. Calf, calf,
1: really? Tyler,
0: yeah, Tyler, Braxton, and Dylan—they're all three Capricorns. We're gonna get dead. Yeah, dude, they're they're interesting. Fellas. I mean, like. I'm only gonna get dead because I associate with y'all. So thanks for that. <laughs> Listen, of all the the that those lists of like the serial killers, um, zodiac signs. Oh yeah. There's no Aries on there. There's no Aries. There are Pisces. There sure are. But there are no Aries. I'm a crazy bitch. It's mostly sometimes. like Gemini, Scorpio, some Taurus. Um, I don't actually think well, obviously Keys is a Capricorn, so like there's one. Mm-hmm. But like Sagittarius, even so, Kelsey. Like, I'm really the one that's fucked. Like, it's really me because I'm surrounded by all these people with serial killer tendencies. Just kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let me fuck this guy. All right. So this fucking Capricorn guy. Um, his mom was Heidi Keys and his dad was John Jeffrey Keys. Um, John, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. No, 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 no. So (laughs) that you thought of that too it's fine I didn't until you started giggling (laughs) like when I was writing this I was like yeah John Jeffrey (laughs) 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 Erica what did you smoke when we went on break (laughs) (laughs) La (laughs) Cush like love push from Twilight? Yeah. Stop it right now. I saw that meme earlier today (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Oh, dead, 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 dead. Okay. Woo. My face hurts. It's fine. Okay. So he was uh, born in Richmond, Utah, and he was the second of 10 children. 10. God damn. (laughs) Um, His parents were Mormon. (sighs) No wonder. She got the zoomies. Ma'am? Ma'am, we're trying to record. Ma'am. Ma'am. (laughs) Ma'am. Yeah, you get them. Yeah, you get them. Okay, parents were Mormon. In 1983, the Keyes family left the Mormon faith and moved to Colville, Washington. So remember, that's where where, um, Julie Harris and um, the Emersons were murdered. So um, in Colville, Washington, they lived in a one-room cabin with no electricity and no running water. Uh, they also attended a church which practiced quote white supremacist Christian identity ideology. That's not a word. Ideology. I just tried to say ideologically. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's fine. Don't worry about it. White supremacist. Yeah. So sweet. Oh um and also the the family Mhm. They they befriended a man who would later be convicted of a triple fucking homicide. So mm. They're just a great group of people here. Yeah, sounds like So, remi- uh, ten children yes. and two adults in yes. a one-room cabin. No. I would sooner gouge my eyes out with a rusty spoon. Yes. No fucking thanks. So, because of that, mm. the He's children were often forced to sleep in a tent because the cabin was too small. No shit. Yeah. They also had to hunt for their own food, chop their own firewood, and work on local farms to support the family. Yeah, yeah. Now this, this comes straight from Wikipedia because Jesus fucking, just wow, just wow. So, quote, As a hobby, Keyes hunted anything with a heartbeat and freely admitted to skinning a deer alive to his peers at the church. As a result, Keyes was ostracized and actively avoided by various youths who attended the Christian Israel Covenant Church, with one girl recounting that Keyes' presence made my skin crawl. Yeah, red flag, red flag. Even more than a red flag. Is there like a like a like a a bigger, a uh, a darker color of red? That's like like a like a more intense red. Fire truck red, fire truck red. red. Like this bitch is the reddest of red, red, red. Yes avoid okay so his adolescence was really no better um he openly admitted to shooting at the neighbor's houses with bb guns um starting fires in the woods breaking into houses for fun and shooting and torturing animals Mm. serial killer motives so listen there's a thing called someone's triad or triangle i don't know I think it's McDonald's triangle or triad. I don't remember. But it's basically like the attributes that lead to people becoming serial killers. They are arson, torturing animals or Mm -hmm. killing animals, and wetting the bed. Wetting the bed, really? Yes. Now, obviously, not everyone who is a bedwetter becomes a serial killer. Right, right, right. But... In tandem with the other two, which, like, I guess I don't know if Israel Keys wet the bed. But he definitely committed arson multiple times mm-hmm. and tortured animals. Right. So he's got at least two of the three mm-hmm. in this triangle ad. So, fuck this guy. So, um, he... Yeah. um Once he stole several guns from a neighbor... And when his parents found them, he was forced to return them and apologize. But he also sold stolen guns to local adults. So, like, sometimes he would get away with stealing guns. Sometimes he didn't. And also, I don't think it's good to force your children to apologize. I'm just putting it out there. Mm -hmm. Because then they don't actually mean it and they don't actually feel empathy. And that's how you end up with a sociopath. Okay. Okay. So he ended up being, becoming a very skilled carpenter and he built a cabin for his family when he was 16. Hopefully it had more than one room. He also worked for a contractor in Colville for a couple of years. And during this time, he, hmm, he journaled very diligently about his daily sins for which he felt shame for, uh, being raised in such harshly religious conditions. Keyes eventually decided that he was atheist. Okay. He told his parents, mm-hmm. who were very not atheist. Obviously. And uh, his parents kicked him out and shunned him. Of course. And also instructed their other nine children to not ever contact him again. Of course. So, like, legitimately, like, the Amish community. Yeah. Like, he was like, I don't believe in this anymore. And they were like, okay, bye then forever. Like, literally goodbye forever. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, so then he he then became interested in Satanism. And made plans to commit, quote, ritualistic murder. That That's not a thing that Satanists do. Uh, Satanists don't actually murder for Satan or sacrifice lambs or people. Uh, just p- putting that out there. Sweet. Thanks. Right. Great. And witchcraft. Witches don't actually, like, eat children. So <laughs> don't believe everything you see on the internet. <laughs> yeah, kids. <laughs> Fucking what the fuck so fast forward to july of 1998 um julie harris and marlene and cassie emerson have been dead for about two years now Mm -hmm. um israel keys enlisted in the army in new jersey and spent a lot of time stationed at fort lewis in washington and uh fort hood in texas and was also deployed to sinai egypt i'm sorry if i'm saying that wrong so while enlisted, he made many friends and uh even threatened to kill one when he pissed keys off. Oh. Those aren't friends. No. It's a racer. Sorry, that's not how it works. Um, he would also drink whole bottles of wild turkey bourbon to himself on the weekends. And um also listen to Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jump, jump, chub. <laughs> Stop it. Swank swig, swank, swank. Oh my god. Oh yikes i'm not gonna lie i never got into icp i don't i didn't either i don't not like them i just right i think that's the one song i legit know anyways so icp and wild turkey cool so while he was stationed in fort lewis he began dating a woman and they had a dotty dotty together a daughter together sorry uh they did eventually break up because you know he's he's a murderer right but she doesn't know that oh okay yeah so now we're fast forwarding all the way into 2007. Okay. Israel Keys is now living in Alaska with his daughter and his new girlfriend. Mm. Um, he started his own construction company called Keys Construction. And a co-worker said that he was a very responsible father and, quote, he would come into work and brag about his daughter. He was a loving dad, a doting father. I mean, they also said the same thing about, like, Albert Fish. Like, right. He supposedly never harmed his children. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Israel Key's um, modus operandi or uh, his lack thereof. Do you remember I explained, did I explain in modus operandi before? Okay. Well, hold on. It'll get there. Okay. So like most serial killers have a a victim profile. Mm -hmm. Um, Ted Bundy's was, his targets were um, young, beautiful brunette women. Right. And Jeffrey Dahmer's were young, gay, marginalized men Mm mhm um israel keys didn't have a target victim um he murdered young women children middle-aged women middle-aged couples men like he did not for lack of better word discriminate he didn't have a set target victim right so um much much like he didn't have a determined victim profile Mm -hmm. he also didn't have much of an mo which is a modus operandi Mm -hmm. so ted bundy's mo was to trick women into his vehicle kidnap them and then strangle and beat them the golden state killers mo was to break into couples houses wake them up with like a flashlight to their face uh rape the woman and then kill them both um he would also like occasionally eat their food, but that's super casual because he's a fucking fuck so so basically an m o is like how they kill someone right. how they go about committing their crime mm-hmm. so um Israel keys ran the gamut of how he obtained his victims and also how he murdered them uh he he did mostly kidnap his victims um he did that with honestly probably all of the victims but He murdered the Emersons via arson. Like, he burnt their trailer down. Well, he kidnapped Cassie, but he murdered Marlene through arson. Right. So the biggest part of Keyes' M.O. is that he planned the murders way ahead of time. So aside from um, Samantha Koenig, he always killed far from where he was living and never in the same area twice. So that's why, like, We literally were all over the fucking country, like Washington, Vermont, um, New York, Florida, Alaska, Texas, like everywhere. Right. So um, while he was on these trips, he only paid in cash and he always turned his phone off. Like he was never traceable. Um, He also made sure that he had no connection whatsoever to his victims. So he killed at random, Mm -hmm. just completely random. Um, He would also stalk his victims for a few days to learn their routines and habits. So that's probably what he did with um, Bill and Lorraine Courier. He probably watched them. He was probably like driving up and down roads and he was like, oh, that house has an attached garage. I'm going to kill those people. Mm -hmm. And then he probably checked to make sure that there were no like guard dogs or children or, you know, whatever. And learned when they went to bed, when they got up, went to work, whatever. Right. So along with all of that, um, he would often hide or bury uh, hmm, kill kits in the areas where he wanted to commit a murder. Um, So these kill kits would consist of a gun, ammo, a silencer, extra magazines, and some others had um, things to dispose of victims' bodies, such as duct tape, shovels, rope, Drano, and lie, L-Y-E. And uh, for those who don't know... (laughs) Lye is a chemical that can be used to break down a body. Um, I had to Google that, so I'm definitely on an FBI watch list now. Mm, Anyways, these murder kits were found in Alaska. (laughs) Erica just dropped her phone on her chips and gave me a look like, oh, God, mom's (laughs) going to yell at me. You're not in trouble, honey. It's okay. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my god so ta-ba-ba. these murder kits were found in Alaska and New York but there could still be others floating around in like Wyoming Texas Arizona who the fuck else who the fuck knows like whatever they're probably right. there's probably some in Indiana so it's fine it's fine you know fine. don't worry about it okay, okay. it's fine I'll try we're fine to. too um spoiler alert he's super dead so <gasps> we're good no I'm kidding ma'am i'm supposed to I sound sarcastic sorry. It like, sorry eases my anxiety to know that he is no longer walking the face of this planet so All right yeah um, so he had actually retrieved one of his kill kits before he murdered the couriers and he like had buried that kill kit like two years prior to actually killing them mm-hmm. so he would just like travel the united states bury these kill kits and then come back and retrieve said kill kits and then go murder whoever the fuck he decided to murder cool yeah cool now do you see why he's like the most terrifying serial killer to me yeah there's like oh here let me read what i actually have written okay so this is all the reason that i find this man to be the most terrifying serial killer uh because no victim profile means no one is exempt no one is safe right his victims were chosen at complete random making him that much harder to trace. He had no connection. He didn't even live in the areas that he murdered in most times. Um, Often his victims were simply opportunistic. Uh, The couriers had an attached garage, which made it easier for him to break in. I have an attached garage. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So I have a security system. Don't fuck with me. I listened to too much true crime. As soon as I bought this house, I said, Dylan, I'm buying a, a security system. I'm not fucking okay, around. Okay, but like if someone breaks in, then you need to be like, "Hey Alexa, play like The Scooby Doo song no! or some shit." I won't have time because I live upstairs. How the fuck am I supposed to get down here? You are supposed to yell it and then be prepared with like a baseball bat like fucking Steve Harrington, <laughs> oh, all right? My and then you put on some sunglasses and you're like, "All fucking right. This was your warning. Here I come." Yikes. Well, I don't have an Alexa upstairs, so. Get one. <laughs> Persephone took my Alexa because she's a spoiled little brand. she has a playlist that I play for her at night. Okay. Because she's spoiled. <laughs> okay. Back to the serial yes, killer. Sorry. <laughs> um, the people at the mall just probably walked out of the mall at the wrong time. And Samantha Koenig was also in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, there's, like, no structure to his murdering. It's, like, just chaos. And he is, like, so unpredictable that it's just, like, anxiety-inducing. And it just, like, is it's so fucking terrifying. It's Mm -hmm. just terrifying. Okay. Sorry. So, Keyes had some idols. And, well, a a non-idol. He told authorities that he admired Ted fucking Bundy because he, quote, saw himself. In Ted Bundy. Uh. He even tried to emulate Bundy's court escape, um, but was promptly caught. But then he called uh, Dennis Raider, a.k.a. BTK, a wimp for showing remorse towards his victims. BTK was a fucking bumbling idiot who got caught because the police told him they couldn't trace a floppy disk back to him. He believed them. Like, so he sent them a floppy disk and they traced it. Back to him. (laughs) Yeah. Me too, though. He's fucking stupid. So dumb. Okay. So uh, Keys also expressed um, admiration towards Robert Hansen, who was known as the Butcher Baker. Okay. Um, He would kidnap women, rape them, and then release them into the Alaskan wilderness for him to hunt and murder. Is this Hunger Games? Or squid games? Literally worse. Like, if it can get worse, it's worse. He would, like, strip them down, make them, like, completely fucking naked, and then just, like, send them off into the Alaskan wilderness so he could, like, sit in a fucking tree stand and hunt them. For fun. Just for fun. Like, murdering humans for fun. Sir? That's not... Sir. Anyway, so all of these men are just disgusting fucking monsters, so... It's fine. Alright, so now we're gonna talk about the investigation. After Keyes was arrested, he was extradited to Alaska. Did I tell you that um after he so 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 he brought Samantha back to his house, he did went and got her debit card and stuff, um, murdered her, and then the next day he went on a cruise. Like he literally flew to a different state and went on a two-week cruise, which is why the ransom was pushed off for that long. Huh. Okay. So he's just like Sitting on a fucking cruise ship with this murdered 18-year-old woman in his fucking ship. This guy's a monster. I hate him. So after Keyes was arrested, he was extradited to Alaska. um, And he was indicted on the Koenig murder case. And his trial was set to begin in March of 2013. So here he gave many, 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 many interviews with investigators over a period of a couple of months. Um, He told them that he wanted to be executed within the year um, and that he did not want his crimes to be put in the spotlight. Why? Because he didn't want to know, want his young daughter to know what a fucking monster he was. Oh, you should have thought of that before. Once his identity was revealed to the media or by the media, once the media revealed who he was. Right, right. He stopped cooperating with investigators completely. Just like clammed up. Done. So the FBI's website has a ton of information on this fuckface, like a ton of it, Mm -hmm. um, including a timeline of all of his travels starting in 1997 all the way to 2013 when he was, or sorry, 2012 when he was arrested, Mm -hmm. um, pictures of his kill kits and some other evidence, and um, videos from his interviews. I watched them, some of them. Um, The first one they have is from May 24th, 2012. He literally starts off discussing how he didn't sleep well because he had a hard workout and his muscles were sore. Sir, you murdered people. Fuck your muscles and your sleep and your workouts. Yeah. And you. Fuck you. The most. Yeah. So after his Miranda rights are read to him, um, Mm -hmm. he proceeds to laugh and joke about how he escaped the courthouse on the previous day. Um, he thinks it's fucking hilarious. He's just, like, literally, like, cackling every 10 seconds, like, cackling. Thinks it's so fucking funny. Okay. The first interview is basically him trying to get them, uh, to get the shit to move along quickly because the court, court date, the previous day, made it seem like it was, he was going to be waiting for a long time for a trial. And, like, it was set for March 13th. So, I mean, he's right. It's going to take a long fucking time because trials also take a long time. But fuck you, you murdered people. Dick. So um, the second interview is on May 29th, and it starts with his attorney showing him a letter that uh, will be sent to the Vermont authorities, uh, stating that his escape attempt was just a crime of opportunity, but that he is serious about cooperating. So here's a quote from Keyes during his interview, this second interview. Quote, I do want to continue to cooperate. Uh, I'm having is I'm having some issues as far as uh, this is somewhat of an of a unrealistic expectation on my part, but I was thinking there might be a way to disclose all of this information to you and to the FBI and to somehow ensure that we could work out some sort of agreement that, you know, I give you all the answers on these cases and families get closure and you find as many of them as possible. And in return for that, I don't plan on being around a whole lot longer, but a really big concern to me is, you know, my kid's going to be around. I don't want her to, like, type my name into the computer and have it pop up. I know stuff's, or I already know stuff's going to come up. I know that. But I just try to minimize that at this point, I guess. So he wants to help the families of the victims and the FBI find his victims' bodies but he doesn't want his daughter to know that he's a fucking monster. I. Hmm. hmm. So he, he just like doesn't want to be connected to the murders. Does right. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because if he's connected, then then his daughter. <sighs> he didn't even want to be publicly outed as the one who killed Bill and Lorraine Carrere. Um Then there's also talk of a body in New York that has never been identified, but he is definitely connected to it. This is rage inducing. So they actually discuss the search for this body, this body in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the FBI agent says that they're still looking for the body. And Keys literally fucking says to the FBI agent and his attorney, quote, yeah, that's a lot of trouble to go to. I almost feel guilty. And then he laughs. He like laughs. And finishes by saying, quote, costing the taxpayers a lot of money to find them and then laughs again. The fuck, sir! You're not funny. You're not fucking funny. This isn't funny. This isn't a joke. You killed people. You killed people. Murdered them for no reason. I ah. Uh, so that's when I stopped listening. Right. I gave up. I was like, this guy is pissing me off, and I can't fucking do it anymore. Right. So um, there there. All of the interviews are on the FBI's website. So I will link um the whole website as well as, like, the transcripts because you can't understand them. There's, like, a bunch of feedback. It was taken in 2012. You know, it's not great. Mm -hmm. CCTV footage, whatever. We all like subtitles, too, so. So, but but you should be warned that there are five interviews and all of them are around an hour long. There's even one that is, like, over two hours long. So, after uh, months of trying to get this, this shit expedited so that he could die quickly Mm -hmm. after months of working with authorities in various States to keep keys from being publicly connected to his, his victims. This motherfucker killed himself. Of course. Mm. So on December 2nd, 2012, Israel keys was found dead in his cell with his wrists slit. There was a suicide note found under his body that contained a, an ode to murder. Poem. This bitch wrote a fucking poem. It's disgusting. I did not read it. I will not read it to you. Okay. It's that's disgusting. The I just, anyways, that's what I have for you. Okay. I'm pissed off as I write this. This is this is Caitlin. This is past Caitlin. I'm pissed off as I write this because this guy just sucks. So if you are intrigued by this fucker, um, you should listen to the podcast "True Crime Bullshit." By Josh Hallmark because he did a whole ass podcast about it. Not just one episode. Like, it's literally a season. Um, That's how much shit there is on this guy. Uh, I'm glad that he didn't get his wish to not become a media frenzy. Because his daughter deserves to know that her father was a monster. Right. Like, she doesn't deserve to live the lie like her father led her to believe. Like, that's that's not fair. That's no way to live. It's not... It's just not fair. hmm So she... I sincerely hope that she is, like, thriving without him in her life. Like, I don't even know her name. They never said her name. And um, honestly, like, it's none of my business. It's none of our business. Like, let the girl live. Mm-hmm. That is probably the one thing that this fucker had right was that she deserves to live a normal life. Right. But, like, then why couldn't you have given her a normal life and not been a serial killer? Right. So, mm-hmm. but um, I also hope that we do find all 11 victims that he was suspected of killing um, so that the families can have answers, not closure, mm-hmm. but answers. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, fuck this guy, I'm out. Beautiful ending. So that's Israel Keys, the single-handedly most terrifying serial killer in my eyes um, he's right up there with, like, Richard Ramirez, but he was also a dumbass who got caught in a stupid way. hmm They're all, they all get caught in the stupidest ways possible. I just, ah! Okay, that was a lot. How do you feel? I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. But I think it's shitty how he went. Yeah. I hate that these fuckers get to, like, just end the, end it. Just end mm-hmm. it themselves. Yeah. Because then nobody gets justice. Yeah like that's not that's not fair isn't the right word to use it's not justice it sucks so Mm -hmm. anyways i hope that his daughter is thriving and living a wonderful amazing life without her murderous father and um also uh fuck you israel Kis, for everything that you did and also put this shit on blast like he doesn't deserve to get that dying wish like his daughter deserves to know what he actually was. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's his real keys. I fucking hate it here. And uh, merry Christmas, merry Christmas, <laughs> merry Christmas. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> merry, Christmas. <laughs> merry Christmas. Oh, fuck Chrysler. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Goodbye forever. Thank you for listening to Mysterious Ish. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Mysterious Ish Pod. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.